For today's video, we have some very special guests. Uh, we're joined by uh, JB and Pistol from Dr. Supercoach. Boys, how are you? Yeah, good. doing very well. Thanks for having us. That's all right. I love, love hearing, hearing your voices on your own podcast, so I just had to get it on here as well. And of course, we get that <laughs> George, how are we, mate? Pleasure as always. Um, so yeah, um, you can find Dr. Supercoach. I'm sure you've already heard of him, but um, they have this Slack, Patreon, and uh, SoundCloud on all good streaming services, so check him out. But yeah, I'm sure you already have. And we're going to do a, have a bit of fun today. We're going to do a snake draft uh, picking uh, our first picked in each line. So we'll each pick two premiums in each line. Um, price is uh, is a factor, so we might value some picks a bit more. So yeah, our first picked, and also a mid pricer. So I think it should be a bit of fun, and we'll might have a bit of bit of debate on um, whether we agree or disagree with the person. So starting off, we're going to start in the defense line, and. Eno, the pleasure is yours. Uh, who is your first pick, your first pick defender for Supercoach 2022? Is there a music intro or no? Just have to go. <laughs> All right. Um, so for me, the first pick just has to be Jake Lloyd. I think you're probably going to hear it a lot from a lot of people in the preseason. But looking at the list, to me, he's the most proven. I think that's obvious. With I looked at it in my video the other day. I did about. I think he's played 83 of, or sorry, 81 of the last 83 games, last four seasons, and averaged about 120 or something stupid like that, 115, 120. So, to me, he's the most consistent um, defender there is for, the, uh, for 2022. He, he doesn't miss games, um, and to me, there's a little bit of upside with only averaging 107 um, the season just gone. I think I think he's upside to get back to higher than that um, for, for 2022. So, for me, he's my pick one. Who's got pick two? You, George? Yes, yeah, so I'll take yeah pick two. I'll say Aaron Hall just because I think he's a bit unders for what he can do because of those first few games he had last year. So um, it's it's very hard to go past Hall. I, um, probably marginally less safe than Lloyd, but I just feel his uh, upside is far too good to pass up. Um, so yeah, happy with the taking Hall at pick two. JB. Who's your next both great picks, by the way. Um, <clears throat> I would have taken both them one and two. I was hoping one would slide, so now I'm, I'm in a bit of danger. Um, <laughs> look, I know he's coming off of uh, an injury towards the back end of last season. I'm going to go with Tom Stewart. Uh, I don't think he's a particularly safe pick in terms of value, but he's safe in terms of average. He's very consistent, does his job, doesn't usually miss bulk, bulk games. So I think in terms of safety... Premiums, you've picked the best two. So from there on, I think Tommy Stewart took a pick. Interesting. I, uh, I'll i go with, with a bit more, I guess, I left value. the highest man for you. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, that was going to be my pick, actually. But um, I'm going to go with a bit more value. I'm going to say Lockie Whitfield at 502K. Uh, look, the injury-prone factor is not great. However, his upside, his scoring potential, it's just role-dependent. I think uh, they might want to use him uh, in his most damaging role, I think, off the halfback and wing, I think just you know linking up the play for the Giants, I think next year uh, they're going to need to push deeper into finals. I mean, they've, they're basically just at this point a feeder team for other teams and their talents all being strung across the league. So they need to make a push. Whitfield's in his prime. I think 502K for somebody that could average 105 plus, is uh, there's a lot of value there as well. Uh, it's, I was going to say back to me. It's all right. Back to picks. <laughs> I will go back, actually now, back to Jack Crisp, 571K. Uh, Anna was saying how Lloyd has played basically, you know, only missed one game in however many years, four years. Jack Crisp's last game he missed was in 2014. He does not miss a game. He pretty much is just that solid 100 average. Last season, he pushed to 105 with a bit more midfield responsibility. That's why he ends up getting that DPP status, which he's typically not been in the past. I think... He won't play more midfield. I think that's kind of a misdirection and um, from what some people are saying. I don't think that will be true. I mean, depending on Dugowie and what happens with him, um, I think he'll play a, roughly the same role that he had last season. And look, he averaged 105 and played 22 games. I, I think that's a pretty a pretty safe bet and a pretty good pick. So right back at you, JB. Back to me. Um, another person who I think's role um, has changed a little bit, Jordan Ridley. Uh, with the acquisition of Jake Kelly, who should hopefully 
have him floating across packs again, taking marks. I think he's still going to be prone to the occasional Toby Green role. He's just so good at it. Um, but 98 average with how he started the season, he could have gone so much bigger. If he gets a hold of the kickouts again, Jake Kelly frees him up a little bit. I think easy, easy uh, value pick there. Yep. I'm going to snipe Dano here. I'm going to take Jaden Short. <laughs> uh, so with um, there's a there's a few other players I'm interested in the role, but we won't, we don't know that yet. So as of as it stands right now, Jaden Short, I think they use him so much in defence. Um, takes all those kickouts and yeah, he's high endurance, has a lot of good fundamentals for an excellent halfback flanker. So without Hooley, I think his average was between 105 and 108, somewhere in that range, I can't remember, which is yep. pretty damn good. So I would think that that would be whereabouts he scores, somewhere in the mid hundreds this year. And um, yeah, very durable as well. Apart from a, a broken elbow, something like the dislocated elbow a few years ago, nothing's really happened to him. So, Eno, who do you take with the pick eight? Uh, I was ready for that. Um, I think the last one to me that appeals the most is Daniel Rich. I mean, we sort of always overlook him, I feel, every season. Um, he, he's always at 90s average, but he's, he's pushed it up the last the last couple of years. And um, Virtual's retired, so similar, I guess, to Hooley. That, I mean, he already had the monopoly over the kickouts and, and all that, but I think he might, um, you know, with Virtual gone, just sort of free that up and shore that up, so... I think for me, he's the last one there that I that I really like. Yep. You're on for so the first mid price. So <laughs> okay. Are oh, you all doing mid prices? Okay. Oh, we could just disc- any anyone. Yeah. Uh, Let's go and discuss the anything. order real quickly. Oh. Yeah. So I can go through the order. I've got it written yep. down. So Lloyd, Hall, Stewart, Whitfield, then Crisp, Ridley, Short, and Daniel Rich. Um, any surprises there? Um, I'm gonna start mm. with you, Eno. I think for me, maybe JB going Tom Stewart at three. <laughs> Only because of the, only because of the injury that he suffered last year. Like, obviously, this is all probably assuming that he gets through that and looks alright in preseason and is fit to play round one. But it still would linger in my mind picking picking a guy with a Liz Frank injury only because I think they're really, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I think they're pretty bad for to recover from. So you'd, um, I like the sort of assurance of um, you know a healthy healthy super coach pick um, heading to a season. So maybe maybe that pick. If anyone else agrees with that thought process i might yeah. i might jump in so yeah um, rebuttal yeah, defend it yourself it, jb nah, i'm not defending myself <laughs> it, it wasn't i mean there was a, a little bit of panic i, I didn't i don't think Aaron was gonna get two for sure um but honestly no i just considered um if the if the season if the preseason did go as you know as it went and tom short was healthy in terms of third premiums to choose um if he is healthy going into the season, I, I just think he actually is super, super safe. So I looked for safety after Aaron Hall got taken. Uh, Crisp has his question marks. So it was Ridley. Um, the next few guys taken all had their question marks. I just thought if it's if he's fit going into the season, Stuart really only has the past injury to his foot as his only question mark. I just thought a bit of safety, but maybe could have gone on the, on the turnaround even. Yep. So, um, <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit early, but... No, I'm surprised Sicily didn't go in the top eight just because I know a lot of people are picking Sicily to start the season and we've done a draft where we've picked eight premiums and he's not there, which I guess makes you question the value of actually starting Sicily in our team if we don't expect him to be in the top eight defenders. I reckon I'd have three or four players ahead of him that we haven't named, to be honest. Yeah. Not his biggest fan this year, but definitely makes you uh, think. A few question marks, yeah. At that price, so you probably would have thought he'd be thereabouts on this list. Um, oh, good one. Yeah, I think I, I think Whitfield was aptly named ahead of him. To be honest, I think Whitfield's actually going under the radar a little bit early days, just because everyone got burnt last year. Uh, I think he's I think he's a good pick. And I'm a big fan yeah. of Jaden Short as well, so I was happy hey. he went where he did. I thought it was going to go higher than Ridley, but I'll let that one slide. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty hard to split those two. Um, yeah. Something yeah. we can discuss another day, I suppose. Yeah, I definitely think Whitfield as well. I remember all these years ago, last time he had a full preseason, he went berserk, I think 120 in the first few rounds, yeah. the first third of the season or something. So 500k DPP, you don't have that. I'm a little worried, to be honest. But then again, who knows what happens with his body. So, um, yeah, I think that's enough on the defenders premium. So I think we can move to mid prices. So we have to pick one each. Um, 
So Eno, you have the first pick. Oh sweet, that's that's a, that's a relief. Um, <laughs> I think for me, I'm going to go with George Hewitt. Um, he seems the most. Um, he stands out the most to me you know, in, in sort of the mid mid price range. Gets into the the Carlton midfield. I still there is a, still a few guys maybe you you could peg ahead of him. So that would need to sort of get sorted out in the preseason. You know, is he going to be in the top four for rotations or is he on the outer? But they you know they got him in to probably play more of that defensive mid role that he can you know he's sort of done in the past free up you know guys like Walsh and and Cripps and whatnot so I think for me he's he's the best in that price um and obviously the DPP always doesn't hurt so um he's my pick um, don't mind Hewitt. yes I'll go next so um yeah by the way we're doing 400k and under so Hewitt just qualified so this is a tough <laughs> one a really tough one and I'm having a look and I'm thinking if I had to pick someone I'd go Lockie Ash um, so with Ash, I saw him play midfield last year, bit of, bit of a tagging role, um, but I was really impressed with him, love him. Uh, might not be ready just yet, but um, I think he's going to be a star one day. So um, has high endurance, uh, has a lot of great attributes, um, really quick. And yeah, he might end up a midfielder, midfielder only this year. I'm not even sure if he's mid or defender this year, actually. No, he's defender, all good. Um, <laughs> that would have been a disaster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all good. So I'll go. Uh, my second mid pricer after George Stewart is uh, Lockie Ash. Okay, I do. I do like Lockie Ash as well. Um, a lot. I'm not saying just in terms of Supercoach this season. Just I can see what you can see in the pedigree, um, in the actual player himself. I think he's going to be super good. I'm going to go down to the other end of the spectrum in terms of price. I'm going to pick another Carlton player, Caleb Marchbank. Um, 209k. I, I just think this guy has a good history of going 70 plus just when he gets on the park. He usually gets a good roll because he's that sort of medium um, marking tool. And even when he's knocking down, he can just mark the ball really well and, and distributes really safely out of defense. So I think if he's fit going into the season, um, he'll be a super good pick at 209k. All right. I can't lie. The panic set in a little bit now. Um, <laughs> Um, I, w- I talked about Trey Rusko on our podcast uh, a few days oh, ago, no. so I'm not going to pick him. I'm going to oh, go. I'll go more wild. I think um, I'm going to say the fourth best mid pricer for defender, um, Braden Campbell, uh, 293k for the Swans. Now that Dawson's gone, I mean Blakey kind of moved to the halfback. I just think Campbell's got better attributes for playing off that halfback role. I think given his kicking ability, um, if he's able to lock in a halfback flank role, I think he could still be you know, pretty lucrative. He did ton up in one of his eight games um, last season, and I think he's got potential there. I mean, might just be you know a year, like kind of like Ash, might not be this year, might be in the future, but I think uh, at some stage he might be very super coach rail and off the halfback flank line for uh, the Swans. I like yep. that pick. Yeah. So... Can anyone see anyone picking any of these players? Um, I've just got to say, Jules, you lose your pick, mate. Sorry, because Ash is uh, 413k. So. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I didn't realize we're still in the premium section. I picked Sicily for my mid price. I've, I've got Ash's 321k. Yeah. Oh, controversy. Oh, he's got, you've got the discount Supercoach version. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the 20. Uh, You're looking at the end of last season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say Jeremy now then. You know what? No, you can have, you can have the closest <laughs> next player, which is James Aish, very close to um, 371k does meet the criteria. I think uh, you'd be hard-pressed to pick any of those mid-prices, but I think, uh, again, another thing that stood out is who we didn't select. I think uh, there's a bit of hype around uh, Wayne Miller and... All four of us passed on him, um, which I, I also find very interesting just because I guess he you'd think he would kind of be the hype choice of a mid-pricer defender at the moment. So, um, yeah, definitely interesting to hear that I, you guys I kind of... I can see myself picking Matt Marchbank if he was fit. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's true. It depends on the defender rookies, of course, but 209K is, is super low risk with someone who should be best 22 uh, and yeah. has scored decently in the past, although very injury-prone. George, do you probably have thoughts on Malera about or Wayne Malera? Yeah, I don't don't trust him. I was pretty annoyed when we signed him to on a five year deal. He's been doing nothing for two years of that deal. Um, (laughs) Just don't trust his body. So, Mm. and his role is very iffy. I know he wants to be a defender, but I don't know if he gets that role or not. 
because he does have a lot of depth back there as well. Mm. Yes, and Dawson might see some usage down back as well. So, uh, yeah, I I think he'll play, but like if he's if he's fit enough, but it's role is question mark. You might be stuck with someone that doesn't go up much in price because of role. So that's why I didn't even think about Miller. And if I saw him, I wouldn't have picked him. So um, I yeah, completely agree with that. Your your wings are yeah. very very hard pressed to get uh, time on as well. So um, obviously Seed's been all Australian form last year, and you got a. a Pretty much five other players who could slot into the other wing, including Dawson, who is your new recruit. So, yeah, I, um, I don't understand the Miller hype as well. Yeah, I did start him for 400k a few years ago, and it worked for five months. <laughs> he, he had a role change, got injured, and and that, yeah, that's scared me off for good, pretty much. Yeah. So we'll move on to the midfielders. So I have first pick of the midfielders. So this will be interesting. There's a few cheaper guys, um, but um, my M1. My first pick in the midfield is Jack Steele. So I'm picking Jack Ooh. Steele. I think there might be a little bit of upside um, with uh, no Ron Marshall the first few weeks last year where he underperformed. I think he averaged around uh, in the hundreds somewhere over a good stretch and uh, dropped in price and then went berserk, went 135, 140, something like that um, after that. So he has the perfect fantasy game. Um, is the the captain option for me. So I don't, I cannot see myself going without uh, Jack Steele this year. I just have to, he's my first over over everybody. So uh, JB. That's a great pick by the way. Jack Steele hasn't left my team for a second. Um, now I'm considering giving Pistol a massive sleeper at pick three or just going the guy who I kind of think as well. I'm going to run with him. I'm going to go with Lockie Neal for pick two. Um, at price price considered as well. Only 99 average yeah. last season, looking fit coming into this year. 543k. If he's fit and plays half an hour of preseason, he's going to be the best pick of the season, I think, at that price. Yeah, hard to argue. I think, uh, I mean, this, yeah, this hasn't gone how I've expected it to go, so I'm excited <laughs> to see how the rest of this plays out for sure. But for pick three, I'm actually going to pick uh, Took Miller. Um, 124 <laughs> average last season, and after round seven, he went 130 plus. With Greenwood now gone, um, I know Greenwood was injured for large parts of the season, but it just, you know, his scoring was better um, when Greenwood wasn't in the side. I think his usage just goes up, and now that's a permanent thing going into the next season. So I think in terms of captaincy options, if you want somebody who didn't go below 100 um, after that uh, round seven or so i think uh took miller suddenly becomes another captaincy option where you can do a, a vc or c and steel took miller type combination for a lot of the year and do that quite comfortably so i think that's why i'd be spending my money up on you know somebody who doesn't really go sub 100 and is uh, a really safe um pick i guess cool um you have two all picks, right you know? yeah cheers well the first one the way we'll just get Jack McRae onto my team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's why I thought I was letting slide to three. By the way, uh, what is he? Hundred dollars under seven hundred k. Um, I, I did it again. Got the stats out from the video I did the other day. One hundred twenty-five average for eighty of the last eighty-three games. The last four years, uh, most consistent midfielder we've had. So uh, for me, he's an easy pick there. Um, and I did look. Um, at the fixture, they have six of the first nine games um, on like a Thursday or Friday. So oh, wow. good for VCing as well, um, Jack McRae. Now, the next one gets a little bit more interesting, but maybe not. Um, probably just go with Clayton Oliver. Again, he's probably second to Clary. In, in, um, I don't think he's actually missed a game since his second season. So, um, yeah, consistent as ever. Now he's a 120-plus mid. Um, these are in their prime. He's in his prime. Yeah, I think those are the two I'll take back-to-back. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I think with the next pick, I'm going to select uh, Tom Mitchell, uh, 117 average last season um, after he warmed up um, after the bye. I think it was about 128 or so average. Um, basically came home really strong. Again, someone who didn't sub ton on the run home. Um, so I like picking players where they're hard to kind of get in at times throughout the season. You know, other players like Bontempelli and stuff, they, they do fall in price. And you are able to get them cheaper throughout the season just because they do have that one-off game. But some of these ball magnets, uh, Miller and Mitchell, McRae is another one. 
they don't didn't have bad games. So they're always above 600K and they just became so hard to get throughout the season that, you know, I just kind of want to start them so I can get that out of the way and focus on some of the more, I guess, players of volatile scoring uh, throughout the season. Fair enough. I, I feel like I'm going to be giving George a tap in here by passing on one guy and going with a guy that you just mentioned, Pierce, with Marcus Bontempelli. <laughs> um, someone who I've found is the most infuriating person to not own, uh, and the only times I don't own him is generally to start the season. Uh, and then I do own him for the second half of the season, and he, he tends to fall off. So the first half of that season is, is where it becomes – is most tempting and where it becomes his highest price as well. So I think if you're going to say, if you're going to go safe in the midfield, 651k, 119 average, someone who can actually improve on how he finishes the season. Um, the last couple of years, I think he's, he's sort of tapered off towards the end. And he kind of puts you off for the next season in starting him. And then he does mm-hmm. the same thing and just goes bananas to start the season. So um, I'd be saving a lot of stress with a Bonson Pelly pick, I think. George? So I think... There's probably two picks left. You took one of them, so I have to take Samuel. Samuel Shrek. Yeah, that was, so, was, was the side of his Yeah, So uh, Samuel just uh, covered the most ground of any player in the home and away season last year, even more than took Miller. So just unbelievable improvement over the years, um, work rate and all that. So started kicking a few goals last year as well. So um, it has to be Samuel, I think. He's got that ceiling to hit those 190 games. He's already showed that, so... I would think you know, he gets a little bit better this year. Um, but yes, I think uh, that rounds out a very nice eight, I think. Um, so the order was Steele, Lockie Neal, Miller, McRae, Oliver, Titch, Bottenpelli, and Walsh. Um, anyone disagree or agree, you know, should a player have been higher or lower? Um, start with you, Pistol. I mean, I think I, I uh, thinking about it, McRae probably should have gone <laughs> a little bit higher, but I think, uh, yeah, for the, we'll call it caught up in the moment slash love of the podcast, I think um, <laughs> we made our selections uh, and uh, I'm, I'm happy with the eight we selected. I think, honestly, we picked the best eight mm, premium yeah, midfielders definitely. to start next season. So, uh, yeah, very, very happy with what, what we put out here. <laughs> yep. Yep. It was okay, probably so maybe just where Neil fell in the eight. It was probably the only thing where, you know, where yeah, we valued him. Yeah. So, yeah, that number two. Um, do, you, do, you boys, uh, do you boys agree with the Lucky Neil selection? Uh, I, I agree with uh, it in, yeah, you go. The thing that annoys no, me no, about Neil, Neil is he had calf issues in the preseason and they yep. popped up again in August or July. But maybe that was poor conditioning over the preseason where he basically didn't train until a week before. So with great conditioning, you, maybe that doesn't happen. So that, that bothers, bothers me a little bit. Um, but yeah, if I had to take Neil or Steele out, I would take Neil out. Um, but yeah, going without Neil could end in end your season, I think. So um, yeah, I think so. yeah, it's yeah. An, an interesting one. But, um, but yeah, uh, we can move on to mid-prices. Um, so first pick, I have the first pick of the midfield mid prices. Okay, um, I got to think on the spot here. I will take under four hundred k. Yes, under four hundred k. It has to be Jared Berry, I think. So Berry is for me. I watch in the preseason. There's a few things boxes he has to tick. Um, I think he's in full training at the moment, which is good. Um, he needs his CBA rollback, and um, yeah, just needs to pass the eye test because last year. Um, didn't seem to cover the ground too well, and um, yeah, I thought he was like a bit more forward, forwardish than you know all over the ground like most midfielders. So I'll take Berry at 260k. I think that's incredible value for what he can do, and one in high consideration for my team. Um, JB, the next pick is yours. Absolutely, and I had him in a keeper league, um, and I'm surprised he didn't get forward status. Actually, um, he played that much forward, so. CBA role super important. Um, as you were forced into him, I think I'm kind of forced into the next guy, which is Matty Rao. Um, just someone that if he comes out and has a huge preseason, he's going to be super hard to, to deny. We know he's got the scoring potential, um, as we saw in his rookie season. He's now technically an injury-prone player, so we'd need to see a full preseason um, and a good couple of preseason games. But with Hugh Greenwood coming out of that side, there's a massive hole in the midfield. 
that someone like Matty Brown, obviously, as we've seen, can can just go bananas with. So for the third pick for the mid-pricer in the midfield, um, anyone who listens to our podcast will probably expect me to uh, try and spice up the draft a little bit. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to pick Stephen Canelio in the midfield, so we rule him out as a forward option <laughs> later. Make uh, the choices a little I bit more. I actually considered that, but I, I thought I'm not going to be that guy. I, <laughs> I think it harms me because I have I have the first pick in the forward, so <laughs> all, all I've done really is potentially harm myself and whoever has the fourth pick, which is you, JB. Um, so that was basically just trying to bomb JB out of the draft here. But, yeah, Canelio, I think, still has a lot of upside, very much role-dependent. If we see him playing in the midfield in the preseason, it's hard to say no to a guy that's averaged over 100 multiple years um, at only 260K, plus he's got DPP, which, you know, you've got to absolutely love. So, you know, if you're picking him in the forward or midfield, I'd obviously pick him in the forward line, but for this podcast, I'm going to be selecting him in the midfield and, uh, yeah, take take a future option off the board. <laughs> Yeah, smart. I like that. I like that. Um, if anyone's listened to George over the last two weeks, I think this pick is is probably obvious, uh, and that's Finn McRae at, what is he, 206? Um, yeah, George is sending photos of him bulking up and, you know, <laughs> muscling with Pat, Pat Lipinski. Um, <laughs> so are you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think he's he's probably the next best there. I don't like a lot of the others at all anyway. What, there's like Dylan Shield, no thanks. Um, Charlie Constable, yet to be seen if he's going to even be best 22. So for me, it's probably Finn with the last pick there. I'm just saying his brother averaged 100 in his second year. So <laughs> they're basically the same, similar people. So. They do look the same when they carry the ball. I got yeah, roasted. Sure I got absolutely roasted for mentioning that on the podcast um, and talking know. about McRae in our Slack. Yeah, it's, uh, it didn't go down well. Let's put it that way. <laughs> he was getting 18, 19 touches a game though. last month. So I think it's okay. I, I think the only thing is he needs to kick more but what, from what I've seen. He just did, yeah, you know, does, and when he did kick, it wasn't great. But yeah. <laughs> He's going to handball all the time. His arms are huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Jack's a lot better kick, but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, so the, the order was Barry, Rao, Cogs, McRae. Um, tough one. Uh, can you guys see yourselves picking any of these players? Uh, I think Cogs Barry. will walk again. Barry, <laughs> yes. Cogs not in the midfield. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, Rao potentially, but it, he'd have to do something crazy in the preseason, I think. I guess a question thrown back, like what would Rao have to do in the preseason for you to consider him? I don't oh, think there's anything yeah, he can do. The, the bar at 350k, the bar is too high for the pick to work. Um, especially with all the like midfield spots for to me anyway are just so precious this year. Yeah, so many good options. Mm. So, um, like, yeah, I, I can't. So he comes out. He goes thirty plus touches, thirty plus touches again. He's done that in the preseason before. We just slaughtered. I mean, it wasn't thirty plus because it was short and quarters. But you know, he comes out and he absolutely dominates both games. You're still like, nah, no, nah. bad price. Nah. I think I'm considering well, more enough. than George yeah. by the looks of it. Yeah, yeah. I'll mm. be looking at him more than that, um, than just straight no. But um, yeah, he's got a previous fitness, I guess. That's pretty much it. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I Good. kind of don't think I'd look at anyone except for, well, I mean, not including Cornelio, but yeah, I think Barry's probably the only one, as George said, the midfield slots, I think the midfield rookies this year look really solid and I don't know if I want to use up a midfield rookie slot on a mid-price art unless I think they're really going to go 100-plus. And I think there's not too many of them that can achieve that. So, um, yeah, I think uh, we'll, we'll add them to the watch list, but none of them are currently in my side. Yep, so we'll move on to the rucks. So we'll do uh, just the uh, pick four rucks, so one each, and we're also doing a mid-price uh, <laughs> ruck, which, uh, yeah, good luck, good luck to the last two weeks for that. Um, so... <laughs> Pistol. Uh, you have, uh, no, no, JB. JB. JB, sorry, JB. I knew I'd stuff that up. That was George, if you want me to take right. first pick of the forwards, I'm very much okay with that. Who's your I guess I'll start with the rights. Um, okay, so uh, there's two super obvious standout pick one potentials. I'm going to go with the one that I think is more interesting, Sean Darcy as my pick one. 
Um, just what he was able to do in the second half of the season after he got fully fit with me playing in the side early days. I think he's actually underpriced as well, um, which is crazy at 118. He can he can do wild things out in the on the field. He did actually play 21 games last year, so I know he does appear to be injury prone. He he limped off a lot and probably played through injuries. I think he got subbed off maybe one time. Or he, no, I think he, he was he would have been subbed off, but they already used their sub um, or something like that during a game. So yeah, um, like he's he's the definition of the walking wounded. But the things that he can do when he is on and playing even three quarters of footy uh, towards the end of last year, I think he's going to be the biggest player to price you out if he um, strings together the first half of the season without without missing any games. So um, absolutely could punish you the most. I think out of the rocks. I think uh, that leaves. Brody Grundy to me, which I'm very happy about. You know, 115 average the last year, which is worst average in the last four seasons. It's only missed two games in four years, um, which was this season. So doesn't miss games. Uh, he's averaged over 125 combined in his last four seasons. So he is probably about 10 points underpriced. I know with him, it looks more like a mental slowness uh, rather than anything physically wrong with him and you know for his decline in super coach points um, we'll see how the new Collingwood game star works out and how that works for Grundy but I looking at him in this preseason where he's already trimmed down and running more I'm expecting him to get back to his ball collecting best as a, a ruckman and I think for us that just means 125 plus super coach points and a very solid week in week out scorer so happy to take him at pick two there yep probably saw that going the way it did um <laughs> me. it's probably harder for jaws because I'm, I'm still going to pick max gorn here i don't i don't have anyone else above him even though you know there are a few question marks over over jackson and, and all that sort of stuff it's been spoke about a million times but he's still max gorn he's he is 30 but you know he still has a couple of good, good years left in him um and it's what's the cheapest we've had max gorn for probably four years three or four years so yeah he's still pick three for me um or the rucks Good luck, George. So, you, know, you probably know who I'm going to pick here. I've spoken a little bit about Oscar McInerney. So, he'd be my fourth. Priced at, I think, 93 and went 120 in his last five, something like that. Um, I like McInerney's game. He can play a bit of bully ball in the ruck now. So, that's where you know you get your massive scores. Um, won the Hardest Worker at the Club Award. They have that award at the Brisbane Best and Ferris, which caught my eye. So, um, yeah, that's probably that's always been a big factor when I select my uh, premium players. So uh, I'll go with the, the big O. Um, does Fort come in? Uh, coming in, does that mean they might use McInerney forward a bit more? Not not sure to be honest, but um, yeah, I think McInerney looks capable, super hard worker, and he's been in this system a few years now. I think he started a bit later. Um, so I'm um, yeah, 27 now. So uh, some rocks can hit their prime a bit later. So I'll go with the big O. Is my last one. Um, so the order was Darcy, Grundy, Gorn, McInerney. Um, just curious, would anyone have someone more relevant than McInerney at four? I considered um, that you would take potentially Ron Marshall, but that was about it. Otherwise, yep. I think McInerney is a good pick there. Yeah, same. I think he did well pick four there. Okay. Yeah. Seems to be right enough, Nick. Nat. <laughs> As always, good <laughs> yeah. last two years. I mean, he played twenty-two last year. I know the shortened season helped him playing sixteen quarters, and then I don't know. He mm. continued on this year and didn't miss a game. So, but yeah, he is getting on a bit. Now, good luck with the uh, rock mid prices. So, <laughs> I think it's JB. Who have you got? Yeah, I'll kick off. Um, all right. So, firstly, I think it's super obvious. Braden Proust, um, if he is fit, is actually somewhat viable, whereas um, I don't know who you boys are taking, but there's not a lot of viable picks if you do want to save money in the ruck. Um, look, if he if he looks fit, if um, if they're looking to secure him as their number one ruckman, which they did recruit him to do, despite him not being able to actually get on the field and do it yet, um, I do think he will become viable. 85 plus is generally what we see from first-hand number one ruckman in um, in, for their club, so if he gets 85 plus, he's probably making as much as any other cash cow in the game. So um, I do think he becomes viable if he locks it down, but it's a big if. Yeah, another one with question marks: Max Lynch, uh, 207k. 
Really liked what I saw from him at the Pies. Um, he looks like he's going to be a genuinely good Ruckman. There's a little bit or a big bit of a Reeves problem um, at Hawthorne. He is definitely going to be in that battle for starting Ruck. I don't think they'll play both of them. I think it's one or the other. So, you know, it's up to him um, to win that position over Reeves. And, I mean, he wouldn't have left if he didn't think he was a genuine chance of being the number one Ruck. Um, I think, yeah, he's going to have to take down... He's going to have a lot of work on his shoulders. The big boy is up against, but I think he's genuinely good. Um, the problem is, I don't think he's a particularly good super coach scorer, which matters when we're playing super coach. Um, so, in terms of cash making potential, uh, I do think it's going to be much lower than Bruce. Um, and you've got that job security issue, but I think he's the second best mid price rock option that we've got. So, that's, that's why I'm picking him. All right. Um... I think for me, it's Jared Witz is all I can really see that, that possibly possibly has a role to play. He's 380k, so it is a bit higher than what you would like. Um, but he has been a sort of 90 plus to 100 average ruckman when he has played. Um, obviously, he's coming off the the big injury, so who knows if he's going to be fit or if you know he's going to work himself back into the team. But um, in saying if he does all that, then then yeah, I think he's the third best here. Not that I can see much else. <laughs> So, oh, this is tough. I gotta realize. I think I got the wrong picker up. Um, <laughs> is a it's actually excusable to pick from that one. He is it's three three ninety six. Okay, I've got the right one. I will take uh, Draper. So Draper looks pretty capable. Um, can have those dominant games. Durability is unacceptable. I think. Um, so again, picking from not a whole lot here, but. He looks capable and um, yeah, had some decent scoring in the back half of last year. But he's, he's a little bit inconsistent as well. And maybe that's just because you know, lack of you know conditioning compared to other players that get a full run at it. So yeah, I'll take Draper at four. So the order was Proust, Lynch, Wits and Draper. Um, maybe JB, any thoughts? Would you have anyone else uh, in this list or... Up or down no, this this list could have been two. Um, I think you boys did well to try and sell uh, the picks that you had because it's obviously incredibly tough after uh, Lynch and Bruce. You might get them one rock rolls. Look, if I would, if I was going to like commit to considering any of these guys in the preseason, um, then Lynch and Bruce, if they both win their number one rock roll, and I can just put four hundred k into my rock line at R two and three, and just have them cover each other. It's under consideration, but it is highly unlikely that happens and highly unlikely that we go with um, anyone other than a couple of big boys again this year. Mm, I think Bruce, I mean, Bruce is a good scorer, so I, I'd rather him on the field and like guess it's Lynch covering in case GWS do any funny business with their ruck rotations. And I guess that would be the strategy, hoping Bruce bangs out, you know, 90 plus or 95 plus, but that's a high risk, high reward strategy. I currently have that in my team right now, but it is December. So <laughs> I think the only Everyone's one, potentially, the only other one that might potentially, I'm going to throw a name at you. Ivan Soldo didn't play a game last season, 326k. He did kind of, Nank got injured, but he did, he did stay in the side ahead of Nank when Nank was fit. So that might be up for grabs that role and he's only 326k and if he's a starting starting ruck at richmond i guess i'd look at i looked at zach smith so i'm, I'm willing to look at any ruck <laughs> i shouldn't have brought yeah. that up no nah, as a richmond fan i 2019 when heading into that final series he was playing and Nate, yeah as you said was injured but i think if both are fit i think we like playing two rucks i think he wants that option so that might hinder his scoring but i did think about it i did think about it but um yeah, I think they'd play them together, if anything. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yep, so they, they are the rocks. And now we can move on to the forward line. So forward line is uh, just a mess every year. This year, I think it's a mess again. So this Everyone's will be favorite. Fun, I think. Um, Pistol, who are you taking as your first forward? Who's your first pick in the forward line? Look, there's, there's an obvious pick here. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with what I think is the best... I guess value pick uh, as a premium option, assuming he's not deregistered by the AFL or his club, and that's Jordan Goey at 460k. <laughs> um, there might be a bit of Collingwood bias um, in that selection, but 
Look, he went 105 plus in the back end of the year when he moved into the midfield. I think that that is a role that they will continue to use him with. Obviously, he has a lot of issues <laughs> in general, um, and that might mean he gets cop suspensions, miss games, which does not make him a very good super coach selection. But in terms of his points per dollar um, output as a premium, 463k when you're paying for somebody that should be priced at like 570. Um, it's just a, it's it's good value, but well, let's see what happens before round one because he might not even be an option by then. Cool, thanks for that pistol. So I'll take Josh Dunkley and we'll go to pick three. <laughs> 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 um, nah, five fifty k. Just this man is also pretty good. But like he's a six hundred k player. He spent yeah. most of his two you know two years when he's played um, in that price range, but obviously injuries have just just killed him the last two years. Um, but they've been an ankle on the final siren and they've a shoulder injury, you know, um, which is just unfortunate. They're not soft tissue. So I believe that if, yeah, if he's playing around one, he's not going to be, he's going to be in every one of our sides. Yeah. Uh, who's next? Is it George? You guys yeah. are going to hate this one. <laughs> and I'm not going to steal JB's pick. Oh, thank God. You, you actually <laughs> <laughs> You can have that one. I dream of I dream of Heaney. I'm taking Heaney. Oh. oh no! This is so in character. He, he will score. <laughs> Isaac will score. Last year, it was a complete write-off for Isaac because of that ankle. He was limping. He said multiple times throughout the year, "My ankle is sore. I'm not training." Full preseason. I know we've been here. This is chapter six of the volume six of. <laughs> Isaac Heaney, more midfield time as a starting super coach pick. Um, but he will score, give him a full preseason. They said he's going to get more mid time. Whether you think that's going to happen or not, you know, by round five, they might need him up forward because, you know, a buddy might get injured or something. So um, I think he will score anywhere between 90 and 105, maybe a bit more just because he's so talented. But yeah, just a few things pending. But give him a full preseason. Average 92, I think, after the bye last year. So, um, and he had some sort of weird role, sometimes on a wing, sometimes half forward. So it's a bit weird, but yeah, barely trained last year. Give him a clean run at it. Um, and yeah, we all know his bet, but about his um, breaking, he's pretty much breaking himself every third game, but um, has played 20 games, uh, more years than not. So that's enough on Heaney. Sorry, I'll stop torture, torturing you guys with that. Uh, JB, all yours. Oh boy. Um, I'm glad someone topped uh, Stuart as a draft pick. I'm, I'm going to say that personally. Um, that, that's a weight off my shoulders. Zach Butters is my pick here at number four. Uh, super, super obvious to me. It might not be super obvious to everyone. Um, but it, this is redemption for him this year. He was going to be um, one of the best picks of last season. I started him last season as well before. The injury uh, in which he got injured on about 115 at halftime and uh, scaled back to about 95. So um, when he came back, he just didn't come back with enough fitness to play in that midfield role that he was um, so good at. So that's why he's forward only eligible. Um, he's already training with the midfield group. He's, he's going to be a premium option this year for the entire season. So super excited about that. And I can't wait to reflect upon the Isaac Heaney pick later. Um, okay. I think I get back-to-back picks. Um, so next, yep. this this next one's actually kind of tough. Uh, there's a couple of good guys here. I think I'm going to take uh, Mitch Duncan, someone who um, I don't think he's typically injury-prone despite suffering a lot of concussions somehow. Um, maybe he's concussion-prone. Um, but someone who also, when he's fully fit and when he's playing, um, is a 105-plus average player. So... Um, the fact that he's priced at 99 um, and he only played 10 games last season, I think he, as as a premium option, if he's fit going into the season, is another super obvious one. Yep, so I might be taking the double roast at the end of this, this part. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no. Do My next one is Charlie Kerno. No, he's a... He'll qualify for the... Um, Mid-price one. Yeah, I'd save that one, Matt. <laughs> I will yeah. still. We'll give you that in the yeah. mid prices. Don't don't stress. Okay, <laughs> I'll have to take. Um, I'll take Toronto. Yeah. 
So with Taranto, I don't think you can start him with green out, unfortunately, but he will come good eventually, I think. So with Taranto, you're getting, apart from a shoulder injury, pretty durable. Um, look, he is a midfielder, but they might use him a bit, up forward a bit more. I think towards the end of last year, he had, um, his last game, he had zero CBAs. So yeah. a little bit of a concern, but I think he actually will score okay forward, but it might be in the 80s. But if he gets some sort of mid-time, it could go into the 90s. But with Taranto, there is an issue that, you know, when he does get that midfield time, um, it's he will butcher it. He'll just throw it on the boot and won't look and, yeah, kick all sorts of helicopters forward. So I'll take Taranto next. And, um, yes, yep. I'll take Taranto. I'm up. Um, yeah. So there's two here I'm debating um, whether I take the Homer pick or <laughs> I think the only one other to me sitting there is, is Adam Trelaw. I just don't like his durability and just the whole dog setup. So yeah, let's go the Homer pick. I'll stick with Dusty. I'll stick with Dusty. <laughs> Sorry, pissed. You got faked out. Yeah. <laughs> you got faked out. Um, I rolled you. Um, look, <laughs> like the only thing with Dusty is, is yeah, obviously that big injury he took he was in hospital for a few weeks he's lost a lot of weight that's the only thing concerning me a bit because obviously strength is a big part of his game <sighs> you know playing midfield he's obviously should play a lot more forward but dim has been saying oh he's gonna start in the midfield play more midfield this year i don't know how much i buy into that um i just think i'm gonna pick him because he's the only one i trust well he's the one i trust the most here of who's left so um he's still a 95 plus scorer um it's just maybe the, the health is a little bit of a question um so yeah pistol yeah that one was a bit too easy uh i think for the last one i'm tossing up between two as well and it's not adam trelaw <laughs> oh. um i think i'm going with the last one probably a little bit under the radar selection um and that's jake stringer 506k we don't talk about him because it's jake Stringer, and he's been a terrible super coach player for his entire career. But at the end of the day, the forward line is really weak. Um, so you only really need to average, I guess, low 90s to be in consideration. And after round 11 last season, he missed rounds 9 and 10. He came back round 11, he averaged 103 for the rest of the season. Um, he had two scores below 27, uh, which is obviously terrible. And you're hoping he can iron out those really low scores. Um it's part of his game and he could actually put together, you know, a 95 plus average for the season. And I'm guessing he'd be a huge POD as well. So I think there's at least he's worth having a conversation about in a really weak forward premium pool. I like that one. I did consider him. Um, but yeah, I think Stringer will be a good pick. Um, I thought you were going to go with Yeah, the Taron Torres was who I was tossing up. Okay. Oh, oh, Tom Phillips. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, just Aaron Dominic's not considering. I do like how he will pass on Trelaw. Um, yeah. I think Trelaw's injury issues are just way too much to consider in Supercoach anymore. And if he plays 22 games and averages 105, then so be it. I, I just don't think it's with the realms of possibility anymore with him. Trelaw seems like a bit of a drama queen, which kind of annoys me as a pick. But... <laughs> Um, with a full preseason, um, I think he might be okay, but um, he hasn't had one for a while, I think. But yeah, as we said, a lot of issues with the Trelaw pick. Mm-hmm. Um, so the order was Dugowie, Dunkley, Heaney, Butters, Duncan, Taranto, um, and Stringer. Sorry, I'm missing somebody here. Heaney. Dusty, my one maybe. Dusty, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Dusty. Taranto, Dusty, <laughs> Heaney. Uh, sorry, Taranto, Dusty, Stringer, the last three. Um. Before I get roasted, <laughs> I, I, yeah, as I said, I like Stringer. I think coming to the draft, I think he had best player in the league potential, and you can kind of see it with him. Um, so he could explode, but again, soft tissue history, so a little bit nervous there. Um, but yeah, any thoughts on this list? Anyone else? I mean, I don't think we need to talk that much about Heaney. I think most <laughs> of us are on the same page. <laughs> I have him on the list just further down. I yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I also do have him on the list. I, I, I don't think yeah. you're grabbing from absolutely nowhere, like someone who should no. be 20th on the list. I, I just yeah. think, like you, you said, um, he, you know, he had the sore ankle and he was injured all last year, but also he played 20 games and he's like 
you know, that was sort of a ticket for durability. And I, I feel like I just can't be both. Like he, he either plays too injured and plays games and scores poorly, or he's missing games because he's injured. And I don't think he can do neither of those things. So I, yeah, for me, I think he's going to be tough to own this year. But I love the, I love the dedication. I love the commitment. I think he's too talented. He's going to have to play forward because they don't have the other weapons. Um, in that team and you know they've, they've got midfielders and I think I, I put him in the same category as Taron Thomas and I think both of them can be top eight super coach players for the Lions but there is risk there that they just don't make it this feels like an intervention <laughs> I'll back it up more than that his scoring history is actually pretty good like it is starting it at is 2017 it's like, plus. exactly like yeah, it is absolutely. pretty good and that might be good enough this year really but yeah I just think um, I'll say I'll say one more thing. I feel like he he um, I know he's priced at five hundred and forty k, but I feel like it's not the only time he's going to be priced low. Four fifty. Wait, yeah, four fifty. He says five hundred and forty. I'm like, which duck did I say that? No, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, four fifty. And I I don't think it it's out of the realms of possibility that he's at that price again at some point um, with an early exit or or something. A couple of bad games forward. Um, I, like. It, He's not an amazing value to me, but I might be overly critical on him. If he went 100 plus for the first six weeks, I also would not be surprised. I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, my no, God, no, he's no. doing this. I'd be like, no, no. oh yeah, fair enough. I mean, he's done it before. He's done it before. So, yeah. Do, do we make yeah. you feel a bit better? <laughs> uh, I was prepared for a bit worse, but um, thanks for being kind to me. Um, anyway, we'll move on to the uh, mid prices in the forward line. So, under 400K. Oh, I can't pick Cornelio anymore. Pistol, no. the floor is yours. Oh, so that's a shame. Uh, I think it's going to get a lot harder. <laughs> I don't regret anything, but I am going to struggle now <laughs> trying to find someone. Uh, Jed Anderson falls 1K. He's 1K too much yeah, here. Yeah, I was going to bring him up, but yeah. I think uh, that one. Uh, you can't get Rosie. That's unlucky as well. Yeah, Rosie's $200. Dude. I did look, I did look at that as well. Jeez. Um, oh, uh, yeah, uh, I think um, it's, it's not pretty here, but uh, I'm going to go with, I guess, Rayner at 278K. He's, he got last season before his injury, uh, they said he was going to split 50-50 mid-time. I think it was with um, Lions at that stage. It didn't come to fruition given his injury and then Lions had a fantastic season but still towards the end of the season Lions didn't he wasn't I don't think 100% in the midfield anyway I think there was you know other people creeping some of that midfield time and at some stage these players like Zorko they can't play full-time midfield like forever they're, they're, they're too old um, and they need to start getting some new players in that midfield and whether that be Barry it might be or it might be Rayner and they finally decide to utilize him. I think it might not be this season just because he's coming off that injury. But on the other hand, if it's not Barry, it might be Rayner. And for all the reasons that we're selecting Barry, I think Rayner has at least somewhat but lesser potential um, than Barry as a super coach scoring option. And at his price, he probably needs to average like around 90 to be worth it and kind of like this weird hybrid mid price of stepping stone keeper upgrade at the buy type thing. Um, I think I think it's at least in the realms of possibility that he could be added to the watch list at the preseason if he gets midfield time. But yeah, I'm not seeing too much else now. Cool. I think the next best for me, um, who I've kind of had my eye on, but um, obviously depends, like all of these picks, really on a lot of things in preseason. But Jade Gresham would be the next one that stands out. Two ninety nine k, which is it seems pretty cheap for for. A, you know, a player as talented as he is, but it just comes down to role. You know, if he's parked forward um, too much, it, it's just going to be an absolute nothing pick um, at that price. So if we see any inkling of mid-time, that's, that's going to, you know, really um, prop my ears up and I'm probably going to maybe get sucked into him. But, yeah, for me, I think he's the next best mid-pricer in the forward line um, of the barren state of them that there is. So uh, who's next, George? Said it before, um, Charlie Kerno. So with Kerno, if you actually look at his last four games before he got injured, um, that nasty knee injury, which I think he actually re-injured it, fell in or something. Um, Dangerous an injury, George. It's an 80, <laughs> a 90, a 120, and then a 150. 
So he, if he can look, I don't know how if he's ever going to be back to normal. We've seen Omira, um, I don't know, broken patella, something like that. Never been the same player. Um, however, Kerno's only two thirty k. He will have that job security. Put four games together with a very very slow build up last year. So see how he goes in the preseason for two thirty k. I can definitely see myself picking Charlie Kerno. Not saying you know he'll get back to like drop a one fifty, but. Um, is doing a little bit of work in the midfield group as well. So, um, yeah, maybe he can kick a few goals, push up the ground a bit, take a few marks, have a few good games. Might be a decent cash generator for us. But definitely a high on the watch list in the preseason. Super fun to watch as well is Charlie. Um, I'm going to pick someone who played the exact same amount of games and scored the exact same amount of points and is thus priced the exact same as Charlie Kerno. Um, the only other guy who I can see really exploding out of this bunch is Will Brody for Fremantle. Um, I know they got him essentially for free, um, so it's not like they went out and recruited him and he's got a spot in the best 22, guaranteed. But if he is one of the guys who has one of those breakout pre-seasons, um, looks super fit and gets a sort of half-forward midfield role, I can see a realm in which he is spoken about more heavily in Supercoach circles. That's about the best I got for him. Um, I don't think there's a lot of players that are, are, are draftable at this stage. So um, Charlie Cotter being like the last real um, good sneaky pick. So Will Brody, uh, there's a, there's a realm of possibility in which he plays a um, preseason game and gets a lot of midfield time and looks great. So I'll go with that. Definitely a tough one before mid prices, but given a lot of the uncertainty surrounding other more expensive players in the forward line. Hopefully someone gets a role change or pops up, gets a bit more midfield time in the preseason, and maybe we can look at him as a very cheap option. But the order was uh, Rayner, Gresham, Kerno, and Brody. Um, I don't know, are you considering any of these players in your team right now, or what do you think? Would you have anyone else? Uh, not for me, actually. None of these None of these are in consideration. Well, I guess in consideration. Maybe Gresham, but I think you've said he's training with the forwards as far as yep. you're aware, so that's not really yep. going to probably... I mean, maybe it's just an early pre-season thing, and, but yeah, at this stage, it doesn't look like any of them will feature in our sides. Yeah, I think it was the CEO or something that said he would play forward with Billings this season, so I'm not really... I was really hot on Gresham, don't get me wrong. You listened to the podcast a couple of days ago. I was super high on him thinking he was going to play in the midfield. But as soon as the, it was conditional on his role, I don't think he's going to get it. So Will Brody, I don't think he's going to be best 22. I mean, I don't think many no. of these are non-selection. I think the best talking point probably was the non-mention um, of, I guess, Daniel Rioli at 336K. I know, I know as a, a Tiger spot, did you see anything there? Uh, he did show flashes in that role. I just don't like the price and the, yeah. like. it is probably too much to start him. Uh, but he did show he actually played that position all right because he, you know, since that first grand final win, he hasn't really looked the same when, after that foot injury. So I don't know what's going on there, but maybe found a role for him. Um, but the other thing is I think we've got a lot of those types of players. We just recruited, you know, just drafted a few, you know, small young defenders as well. So I just don't know if that role is even there for him still. Yep. No, I think so. I think Kerno's. I think when every, when Supercoach opened, everyone was like pretty keen on selecting him, and then it's kind of fallen away at least in the last week or so. I'm not sure if that's um, been reflected in the Discord, but I guess that's kind of what I'm seeing um, online. And he totally could be, you know, he comes out in the preseason and looks good. Could be kind of like a Joe Danaher. I guess my concerns is that. He's so injury prone. It's not just that one, you know, year that he missed, but in the previous seasons, he's been like mothballed at three quarter time, half time, like multiple times because he's just really injury prone. So I don't know how comfortable it is, but at the same time, you're paying you're paying a cheap price, so it's it's low risk, high high upside, um, as long as there's actual viable rookies that you can play. If he misses one week, for example, if you have to put on a thirty score for that week. It, kind of hurts a bit more. Yeah. Kerno's actually in my team at the moment, and it'll depend on the quality of forward rookies. If I have a better alternative, a base price rookie, I'll take that. If not, yeah. I can see myself picking Kerno, but again, we'll wait and see how it goes over the preseason. He has to have a full preseason. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. So I think that concludes our, our draft. So that was a bit of fun. Um, I think we've been going for a while here, about an hour, which is good. So... 
Uh, interesting to see, I think, most things we agree on, I think, which is good. A few things here and there, very minor. Um, a few differences there. Um, definitely the Ruck will be a talking point going forward, I think. Um, yep. See if see how Proust and Lynch go in terms of um, the opportunity and, you know, health, I guess. More so for Proust on that regard. But, uh, yeah, um, I had, had a blast today, boys. Um, JB and Pistol, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, thanks very much for having us on. Hopefully we get another chance to talk to you close to the time of the start of the season and see how things kind of changed and shifted. Definitely. Um, Eno, again, pleasure as always. <laughs> Pleasure's mine, mate. <laughs> All good. Uh, so thanks for joining us today and uh, we'll see you guys next time.